Midnight Paco Podcast. Yes. As always, you can find me at Justin Fuller Comedy on Instagram. And I am the underscore great underscore Corey, C-O-R-E-E. You can find me there. Or you can find us both at the Midnight Paco Podcast. We both monitor that very closely. That's right. That's right. And you see we're uh, switching mics back and forth. But we got a special guest for you guys today. That's right. Mr. Job Byers. Oh, give them your information so they know how to get a hold of you. Yeah, yeah. I'm a comedian, Joel Byers, host of Hot Breath Podcast. I've interviewed over 400 comedians about the comedy game, and it's available on YouTube and all podcast platforms. This episode of the Midnight Pocket Podcast brought to you in part by the Acumen Paralegal Services. Help you help yourself the legal way. The services that they offer, they help with documents that need to be typed, guardianships, probate, divorce, wills and trusts, complaints, business organization, financial planning, and legal research and writing. Go ahead and give them a call at 216-727-0049 or 216-456-2000. Michelle White will get you right. That's right! Hey, like I said, this is weird because I'm used to watching you. <laughs> now, I'm now I'm talking to you. This is this is dope. <laughs> So uh, for, for all our fans, uh, look, I started following you probably about two years ago. I started wow. watching the podcast. Yeah, because that's when I started getting into, like, comedy. You know, I switched wow. jobs. I was uh, I never even watched podcasts before. So uh, I was driving in a sweeper truck, and I started watching, you know, podcasts. And, I, you know, I always wanted to do comedy. And, uh, you know, never knew how to get into it. And I, I, and I started looking up tips on comedy, and yours popped up. You know what I'm saying? Wow. Yeah, it's dope. So I started watching you. You know, you, like I said, people, he's done many interviews, many mm. interviews, a lot, of, a lot of good people, too. You got you got a fire list of interviews on there. <laughs> you know, I mean, we do we do what it do. You exactly, know, I mean, exactly. so you're based out of uh, Atlanta, right? Yeah, I'm based out of Atlanta. Yeah. And that's that's the thing I think. I've learned from doing so many interviews and like with some of the names I've gotten is that I've learned that comics like helping comics, you know, at the end of the day, we're, we're like in our world, it's a big world in our heads, but you know, most people haven't heard of Mark Norman or whatever, you know, when you, yeah. when you get outside of comedy. So within comedy, there is a camaraderie here that I think me doing the podcast is really exposed and shown that like, no matter how famous someone gets that they're still willing to help out. And you just never know how far asking will go. So even for your podcast, it's like you just never know asking who's going to say yes or not. Definitely, definitely. And like I said, I appreciate it because you were one of the people that got me, like I said, the information I was looking for. You know what I mean? And that's Thank what, you. You know, that's what I'm hoping. And I, and I watched, uh, I, don't know, I think it was the last one. I forget the name of the guest, but you were talking, you were kind of down on yourself. As far as uh, the podcast is going, 
Oh, I, I, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm like anyone else, you know, like I want to be rich and famous. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, I'm not, I'm not immune to, to those feelings and having to remind myself of gratitude and thinking yeah. about where I am and, and think about what I have instead of like what I don't have. You know, I've, I've had to battle that my whole career from why did they book that gig or how do they get on that flyer? Why doesn't the comedy club book me on the weekends? You know, it's like, I've always had to battle that mindset of like, why not more? Why not more? And I, you know, it's, I've been doing it 12 years. So even me, that interview you're talking about, the thing about, I've done the podcast for like five years. So there are several documented examples of me it, talking to certain people and like I interviewed a club owner and like the first question I ask is why don't you book me more? Like, <laughs> uh, you know, I've done so I mean, you know, you got to go for it sometimes, but I, I, I can sometimes get down on myself like anyone can, but I think the community around the podcast and meeting comics like y'all and realizing, yo, yeah, I mean, you're not, Joe Rogan, why would you want to be Joe Rogan? It's like you have a dope podcast with like a lot of dope listeners. And it's a the whole goal of the podcast is to be a supportive and positive environment for comedians. And it is that. And I need to remember that. And speaking to comics like y'all who are like, no, what you're doing is helping. And I can say these intentions all the time if I want this podcast to help up and coming comedians and aspiring comedians. But I still I'll still fall back into that. Like, but, you know, where where why am I not in a Kevin Hart movie? You know, why? Where? Where's where's mine? You know, so it's it's just constant gratitude is what I have to keep reminding myself. And on that day, I think the hot breath of verse caught me in a they caught me slipping a little bit there, Justin. So I appreciate you calling me out on it. No, no, I just I just want to. Yeah, like you said, it's, just remember that what you're doing is solid. And I, I even told uh, my buddy Cordell, I was like. You know, because he's always one like, nah, we're gonna gotta keep that quiet. And I'm like, man, the, the goal is to to share information. And you mm -hmm. say that all the time. It's all about how you do it, you know, about the sauce, yep. right? The, the yep. sauce. Yeah, it's the sauce, different chefs. And you gotta realize that most people aren't gonna do the work. So I've only had a few comics I maybe that like held back or were kind of like, oh, I don't want to get into that, like give away everything, but it's like most people aren't going to do the work. It's like, you can tell them, you can give them the map, but you know, they still have to hit the trails. Like they still have to go do the work. So the more information, the better, but you know, only a few people are actually going to execute and do the work. And that's, that's fine. You know, if you want to listen to the podcast, just to learn how, like how the sauce is made and really just get that inside insight into the comedy process of your favorite comics, go for it. Like comedy is definitely, you know, I, I say it, it's a dream job if you hate money, you know, I mean, it is really a grind and it requires a lot of commitment and sacrifice that I totally am empathetic to people who aspire, but it just doesn't quite work out or fit their schedule or their current lifestyle. Like it's, it's comedy is no joke, man. It is a grind. And I'm just hoping the podcast gives people that perspective and reality check, but also the tools to succeed at that grind if they're willing to put in the work. Oh, definitely, definitely. Yeah, I mean, it was, uh, you know, like, 
Hold on, I can't I can't hear Cordell. I think you guys got a racist mic. I really can't. Quit talking sexy, talking to the <laughs> But it's really like it sounds kind of like muffled. So it's almost it's almost like it works for Justin, and then when he tries to talk, it doesn't. Yeah, yeah. Let me turn the camera. Oh well, you can hear me, right? Oh yeah, I can hear you. Go. I think I could hear Cordell then. All right. See, it's all about. What about now? Can you hear me? I can hear you now. It's something about the table there. It's like that halfway point. I don't know, man. Okay. Yeah, I was gonna. I was gonna say, like, as far as the experience and what to expect, because you know we're both green. I'm coming up on a year anniversary, and um, nice. it's there's a lot of things that um, I had questions about, um, like what's etiquette or how you know about hosting or or mm-hmm. when do you throw in your filler when you're hosting and things of that nature, you know. And I didn't I didn't have the answers for that. Um, you ask people, but you know your platform is helping people out with that, and that's a beautiful thing, and I really appreciate oh, that. How to build a set? Everybody uh, come up with their jokes differently. Um, I don't do much writing, but I have started writing things down. And, you know, I, I watched when you said uh, underline where you're going to get your laughs at, then count those. And, you know, so, it, you know, it's a lot of helpful things that you're doing, man. And, uh, I, wow. Yeah. So it's like we're way in Cleveland and you're in Atlanta. But, you know, like, <laughs> and I'm telling you, it, it, the, the, com- the comic community, you know how it is. They yeah. wasn't like really friendly 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 to justin and i when we first came on the scene no no you know it yeah it was like we were asking questions and you know we'd get short answers and things like that some people were really cool but our local community really didn't just welcome us with open arms it didn't didn't happen i and that's why the hot breath of verse community and the the facebook group and then the comments people are leaving on like the youtube videos and stuff i mean that's why it's all positive and supportive like i've i've been very 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 intentional about making sure that the community around hot breath is supportive and positive because like like you guys are saying man when i started out i i was not a cool kid i was not on the hip shows like i was just someone who was just hungry for comedy and want to get as good as possible and learn as much as possible. And there was no one in the scene who's like, Oh yeah, you know, yeah. Come do this show or like, you know, so-and-so books this I'll put in a word for you or like answering questions and stuff. So like, honestly, the podcast and the community has become what I wish existed when I started because it can be so competitive and negative. And what I'm hoping is like, I mean, just on the live stream this morning, there was a comic from India who was like 15 saying how much the podcast has helped him. And I'm hoping that like the newer generation, like you guys, you're seeing a new way to pursue comedy in like that more collaborative communal experience instead of just being so like single minded and competitive. I'm I'm hoping it's that next generation that really starts to instill that supportive environment because my, you know, I'm 12 years in which is a drop in the bucket compared to doing it my whole life. Cause you know, this is a lifelong career that I'm always learning from, but I'm hoping these younger cats really are absorbing that new mentality. Like y'all are talking about of just helping each other and we're all going to be better for it. Right. Well, well, see, that's the thing. I mean, that's the, it's, you know, the comedians we've all, you know, well, me and him met, most of them are in their twenties and you know, we're in our forties. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
It's like, oh, I didn't to, notice. I didn't notice there. Yeah, uh, yeah. Starting to gain weight. Got grades, <laughs> you know, grandkids. And stuff. Wow. Hey, it's never too late, though. It's never too late. Well, look, it, it was one of those deals where, you know, it's one of those things we do our whole lives. Right. In our, in our normal lives. We're making people laugh all the time. You know what I mean? Yeah. But as far as a, a, a job, you know, I grew up in Erie, Pennsylvania. There's no time for dreams. Uh-huh. <laughs> you're, you're taught, go to school, go get a degree, get a good job. You know, the comfort zone. And yeah. I've done all that. <laughs> I did all that and I'm not happy. What? <laughs> time, time to get off the goddamn bench. <laughs> yeah. And you jumped in, man. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, well, life, life will give you a push here and there you know what i mean and uh when, when you realize you only got one shot at this thing we call life you know mm-hmm. you tend to start grinding a little bit on things you want you know what i mean and exactly like, and like you were saying i i quit my job the one i was working nights because i had to start doing comedy so i got a different job uh pays me less but at the same time i got my nights free to you know pursue the goal you know what i'm saying Oh my yeah. gosh. Yeah. Yo. Not, not the smartest thing, but at the same time, <laughs> I got faith in myself. I, I don't I don't put a lot of uh uh the vibe that I'm you know I'm fun I'm funny and this you know because I look at it like this it's subjective. You know, comedy yeah. is subjective, what may be funny to some people, may not you've 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 obviously looked up some of my stuff. It's a little, you know, on the, the filthy side, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> but at the same time, I when I watched your special, I didn't realize, you know, you you're kind of you ride the line, you know, you like to be yeah, you know what I'm saying? So it's not it's not a bad thing, but uh it's not for everybody sometimes, you know what I'm saying? So this this whole me against you and it's a competition is silly in my eyes, you know what I mean? And so when we started going to these open mics. And we realized the good thing is we know each other. So we always had a good time. That's good. We'll yeah, yeah, yeah. Laugh, maybe not for the right reasons, but we're happy. <laughs> Even if somebody doesn't want to talk to us, trust me, we're having fun. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, but we've tried to, uh, you know, we've reached out and, and, and we, you know, you know how it's clickish in most, most of these things. So. We, you know, we bounce around, you know what I'm saying? And we try and spread the, the good vibe. And yeah. like people know, it's not, it's really not a competition. It's about to have, because look, even if it's an open mic, it's still a show. So in my eyes, we're there to put on a show. Why are we all like, uh, you know what I mean? Why isn't it? He told, well, you go ahead. You, you explain when the first time. Oh, yeah. Well, okay. So when, when I first went to, can you hear me first of all? I can hear you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, this is legendary. Yeah. And just for everybody to know that the the, 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 the uh, background looks different, we're experiencing technical difficulties and we're moving the... Uh, you got the, me dealing with it. It's all right, babe. <laughs> looking differently. So. But um, when I first, you know, first background of my story, um, I've been doing comedy my whole life. Um, out of four friends, I'm the only one that actually went on stage to do it when all four of us were supposed to go. Uh-huh. <laughs> wow. Yeah. And cause we, we're, um, I come from a background for, you know, you can ask him as soon as I, if I, if some certain individuals call, we just shooting at each other. Nonstop. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> what time of the night is on, you know, 
I'm gonna get slack for probably my outfit today. You know, as soon as that, as soon as that, oh, I know what it is. So that's that's my whole life. What's up with one like? What's up with yeah, that? Like y'all got one like. Why y'all? You know, it's gonna happen. I'm I'm, I'm ready for it. Um, I went to the comedy club. And I'm like, what is going on? Everybody like not talking to each other. It's like, it's like, oh. Now I've been in other rooms where I was familiar with the comics. And, you know, it, it kind of lets me unwind a little bit when you are like, hey, how you doing? And have a nice yeah. vibe in the room versus everybody's all stiff and quiet. And I say, I'm nervous as what? I got, you know, I get the jitters and my, my I'm stuttering my words. Mm-hmm. Stuff ain't come. I'm forgetting my lines. I trickle, I trip over crickets. <laughs> I'm only getting laughs. You know? <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, that's that's what I dealt with. And it, it, it changed. It definitely changed, and it's like um, I don't see the competition because I feel like my comedy is like nobody I ever seen. I'm not saying that I'm breaking down barriers or walls or anything, but I'm not uh, intimidated by being booked on a show with Justin, and because our comedy is not interfering with each other. We both mm-hmm. have different styles. We tell different stories and stuff like that. So it's like my whole theory is. Uh, you, you gotta people well. If you're not peopling well, <laughs> <laughs> very eloquently put there. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? You know, yep. so it's like a lot of people are dealing with uh in their minds, they just want to be the talent. Yeah. And 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 and, and in my mind, and according to what you say on your shows, it's like, and I tell Justin all the time, it's etiquette. We're we're up and coming, we're climbing. It's etiquette today. Yeah, uh, for sure. Well, slow, slow climb. <laughs> yeah. But it's, it's etiquette today. You just can't do your thing and, and bounce and don't talk to nobody. You know the, you know what I mean? It's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. But a lot of people do. Yeah. That's a big part of it is like the hang and being nice and like hanging out and talking to people. You know, I mean, that that's a big part of the game that I didn't. I honestly didn't uh, take as seriously early on. Like I always felt, I never felt like quote accepted or like in with anyone really in the scene. So I also probably wasn't the most accessible either. I would, I can't say in hindsight, I didn't necessarily seek it out as much as I could, but I never really received kind of an opening. You know, I, I was, I was definitely a little skittish and a little like standoffish and not, I, I didn't hang out. I complain about like me not being in the in crowd, but I wasn't hanging out after the shows like networking and stuff, you know, after the show I would dip or I would go to another show. So I could have been better. I would say about the networking side of it, but the energy I was getting was like what you guys were expressing. It was very, cold and it wasn't very receptive there wasn't an environment that made me feel comfortable or welcome to maybe get out of my comfort zone and talk to other comedians it just there i never really felt that vibe of welcome so i just kind of kept to myself and just focused on stage time and just getting up wherever i could in hindsight i could have been more proactive but there wasn't a culture of like yeah. Yeah. Welcome. Welcome. Yeah. This, this is my like introducing 
like the host welcoming you or like being nice or if you have any questions or you're this number on the list, you know, sometimes it's like, oh, you'll get up when you get up or, you know, I got you, I got you, you know, yeah. and then it's like, yeah. you know, ah, then 18 later, it's, it's oh. 1230 on a Tuesday night at a pub. Oh, and he was yeah. like, bruh, <laughs> I got you, I got you. <laughs> Right. Oh, yeah. We we stopped going to a couple mics because of that stuff, man. It happens, man. It happens. Look, well, we like, the first time he was ready to dip out right away. I'm like, well, let's wait. You know what I'm saying? Because in my mind, it was you know it was a spot to go to. I didn't want to be you know mean, but but when it happens again, and then you you realize it's like these dudes are putting up their friends that didn't even sign up. They just showed up. And and then the material ain't working because it's a room full of comics. Yeah, so yelling at the crowd like, "Oh, what's wrong with you guys?" <laughs> exactly. Like, yeah. For this, really, and, and to me, that's it's disrespectful, just to the younger comics that are, you know, maybe somebody was sitting there for the first time, wanted to go up and never got a chance to, and they this is their introduction to the game. For sure. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah. And so anytime we've seen somebody new, we've, we've tried to reach out. And, and to be honest, he's more of the guy that's out there. You know what I mean? They'll say, hey, what's up? Because I'll even say, hey, I wanted to talk to this guy. And he's like, I'll call him. <laughs> um, <laughs> I was like, how about you reach out to him first? Tell him, let's do that. You know what I'm saying? Because I wanted to you know, call him. <laughs> the technology is available. Just call him. Like, it's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's facts. Or you can just like not answer the call. Like, what was this? I don't know. Great Corey. I'm not answering this. <laughs> I mean, you know, I, I, I've done it. I just, you know, to me, it, you know, I'm I'm being the comedian and that I, I thought that comedy was. You know, that like, you know, like if you come up to me, I'm I'm not going to be like, yeah, uh-huh. I'm not going to do that to anybody. Right. You know, and, and, and you know, I, I, I don't know everything, but I give a little. You know, this guy went up for the first time and I said, hey, man, I enjoyed your set, but you gave your back to us on, on the right hand side, you know, like, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. You know, it was good. Or or um, one of the guys that we hang out with, we call him uh, Jesus. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> yeah. Um, he looks just like. Him. <laughs> yeah. So but when he first did comedy, I said, man, your set was good, but we could barely hear you, man. Like. Mm -hmm. you can speak louder into the mic you know i just try to help people out because you know you see potential in people and i know how it is it's a scary thing to go up on stage yeah for sure that's a great icebreaker too for like comics of like if they're like well how could i start a conversation with a comedian i mean a great way is to just like compliment something that you liked in their set in a comic well of course you did like I like that joke you did about that. Like, how'd you come up with that? You know, starting a conversation about their set right. is a great icebreaker. If yeah. people are looking for like, well, I don't, I wouldn't know the first step to really start right. to kind of communicate, like be a part of the community. That's a great way. Just an icebreaker of their set and comics, comics love hearing about themselves. <laughs> yeah, one, of our, <laughs> one of our comedy homes is uh, the funny stop here in Calgary Falls. And if you ever come here, the owner will tell you, you see Cool C? He first came, he did two minutes. I'm like, <laughs> are you going to tell everybody that? <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, 
one thing I wanted to ask you, because this is one thing we're just getting into, you know, we've been in it, like I said, a little over a year for me, he's been in it just, you know, coming up on a year and, you know, we've done a, a few shows here and there, but we're trying to reach out to bookers. And it's one of those things where, you know, I've heard what a, you need like a one page promotional or like, like uh, the press kit. What, uh, what, what's I, mean, I mean, how do we get a hold of bookers and that? So I chased bookers for years. Um, and what it came down to is creating my own opportunities. So I wasn't getting booked as much as I wanted. So I started my own show, you know, um, and, now, and I still produce my own shows to this day. Like I just started looking for different ways that I can control what I can control, you know, so. You can send bookers. You can have the breast bet breast. Excuse me there. Pause. Yeah. Um, no book you for that. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, no pause. I guess no pause. I don't know. But <laughs> what it comes down to, though, is like it probably took me eight years in the game to realize, like, I just need to focus on what I can control. Stop worrying why this club doesn't mess with me or why so and so gets on all the shows or whatever. Like, it took me a minute to really live that mindset, you know. Yeah. So it, it came down to me producing my own shows, producing my own tours um, and producing my own tours. Like my first one was with maybe like two years in me and two other comics put together the almost grown ups tour is what we called it. And we okay. went to like four different cities and just kind of put our networks together. They knew a few people here and there and like stayed on couches and just like oh look we're we're road dogs we're touring comedians you know we did it ourselves type deal because like when it comes to bookers i mean i guess the one page thing you're talking about is like a press kit that has like your headshot and your bio and all that yeah. i mean i've interviewed a bunch of like club owners and bookers and that's not the number one way to get in with a booker is going to be a referral i mean like someone the that knows the booker that the booker thinks fondly of. You want to make sure it's a good referral. Right. Yeah, definitely. But that's going to be the quickest in to a booker is like someone, you know, knowing the booker and putting in a word for you. Okay. But when you reach out to a booker, I can tell you from producing my own shows, I've had so many comics email me and just be like, yo, I heard you have a show. When can I get up? It's like, that's not, you know, this isn't a drug deal, bro. Like this is, you know, this is a comedy show. This is a book spot on a show. Like take it seriously. Like you're talking about with professionalism, like off stage and things, the same thing when you're reaching out to a booker, you know, have, have like a five minute video. You can show them that you're proud of, but also in the email, you know, Hey Joel, I heard you produce a great show at such and such, you know, I'm so-and-so, I would love the opportunity to perform sometime. Here's a link to my stand-up, and I hope to hear from you soon. Uh, what goes even farther is if you actually go and meet them in person, you, you know, like go to the show the booker's doing. If it's locally, like I know there's a booker here in Atlanta who, who doesn't book people unless they've come to like his open mic. Okay. You know, it's kind of like getting in that way showing you're taking it seriously, showing you can do the open mic and perform and be a competent comedian and then build it from there. There is, there's no like do this one thing and then you'll start getting booked everywhere. 
Like it, it, it's all circumstantial. It's all timing, but it's all focusing on what you can control at the end of the day. You can reach out to bookers, be as professional as possible, but you're, it's out of your control whether or not they respond or not. You know what I mean? So producing your own shows is something I tell all comics to do, especially if you guys are in it together. Like it's a lot of work, but if you can co-produce, uh, it makes it a lot more fun and a lot easier, but hosting is the number one way to get better faster. Hosting your own show, you get so much more stage time. It forces you to be more on your feet. It forces you to be more conversational. It forces you to learn how to listen to an audience and understand how to control the energy in a room. Like I hosted an open mic for six or seven years and it was on like the patio of a coffee shop. And we were there summer to like winter. We were there all year round. And it was just like a training ground for me to just learn how to engage an audience that may or may not even know known that there was going to be a comedy show. So I think I would say if you're worried about bookers, I would say start booking your own stuff, like book your own show. And it's another good bargaining chip for other bookers. They'd be like, Hey, I'll put you on my show and you put me on yours type deal. It's a great networking piece. Comics are going to start coming to your show. You're going to become kind of the plug of a comedy show, you know, to where, all right, they, oh, oh, we got to watch out. You got to start connecting and networking with these guys. They're running their own show. Let me connect them with this booker over here. It's just running your own show just helps you in so many different ways, both on and off stage. And we can get caught up in, oh, how do I get in the bookers and what do they want and all this? But like, you know, at the end of the day, focus on what you can control. You can reach out to the bookers by all means. I wouldn't say spend too much time on a press kit. Have a good video that you can send them and really just kind of focus on getting as good at comedy as possible. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So, and I'm going through this somewhat now. Um, What do you do when you're like not feeling creative? You're not thinking of any new material. Like what what are some tools that you use or what, what do you use to like, you know, to get that, get out of that funk of create creating new material? A lot of the times we can really get in our heads on there's got to be new, new, new. I've, I've got to have, I got to have to keep writing. I got to keep moving forward, but there's something to like refining what you already have. There's something to working what is already working and building upon that. You know, there is, there's this thing of like, we see comics, you know, they have a new hour every year or whatnot. I mean, all right, you're watching the NFL. You're watching Tom Brady throw an 80-yard touchdown. Do you know how to hold the spirals? Like, do you know how to hold the laces of the football before you're worried about, well, I got to write new material. All right, well, let's focus on writing a joke. Or you have a joke that works. Okay, how how many tags can you add to it? Um, I think a lot of the times we think writing is always creating something new out of thin air. But a lot of the times for me, I mean, writing is just journaling i don't even write jokes i just journal um it could be something i'm refining something that i have that works but okay how can i build upon this i'm organizing my jokes sometimes writing for me is just like all right i have all these jokes everywhere how do i get let me put them into a google doc let me categorize them all right here's all my marriage stuff Here's all my stuff about sugar that I'm working on. You know, here's all like my family stuff growing up. Like that's part of writing 
is not just always creating new, looking at what you have, how can you make what you have stronger? How can you organize it to make it more accessible to when you maybe don't have creativity, you don't have inspiration, you can open up this Google Doc or whatever you want or whatever you have and be like, and just look through what you already have and be like, oh, oh, interesting. There may be something there that I could build upon or listening to an old set, no matter how painful. (laughs) I just want everyone to know it never gets easier. All right. It never, it's painful. You just enjoy the pain more, the more you do it. Like it just becomes part of your being, but it, I've interviewed comics 30 years in. I mean, it, it sucks for everyone. Listening to your set is painful, but it honestly gives you, I having that discipline, I think of more jokes when I'm listening to my sets. Like it just, it's so critical and it's just something, it's part of the job. You know, a lot of the times it's like, well, I don't feel like it. Well, oh, you don't feel like it. You know, it's like there's the Jerry Seinfeld story of him seeing construction workers going back to work after lunch. And he's like, you know, they don't feel like going back to work. He's like, I don't, but I'm going to because that's the job, you know. So if you want comedy to be your job, you've got to treat it like a job, even if that's you have a day job. You know, I worked at Enterprise Rent-A-Car. I was I would on my lunch break, I would sleep for 30 minutes and then I would write for 30 minutes. And then at night I would be out at shows till one o'clock in the morning. And then I'd be back up at six to do the job, you know? So I was treating it like a job, even though it wasn't my job yet. And that's just part of the, the sacrifice of really pursuing this as a, a profession. You know, I mean, this is, this is, it's, it ain't easy, but it is worth it. I will say. Yeah. All right. So, so you said you've been in the game for like 12 years. Who were some of your uh, comedy comedic influences? I mean, well, Sinbad is yeah. pr- probably my number one, man. I like, I just can't age. He's so good. Like Steve, I think if I had to pick one, I think Steve Martin is like the number one for me because not only of just his, his spin on comedy and how he just, he really changed the game in a lot of ways, both creatively, but also in the business side as being the first person to really sell out arenas and stuff. And then parlay stand up into acting and writing and so much more like, so he's probably my number one, but Sinbad was the first comic I saw on TV, Afros and bell bottoms. And I was just watching him just like, this guy's so funny. And he looks like he's having fun and he's not taking it like he's killing, but he's not taking it too seriously. He's super loose. He's dressed all funky. Like he, he was just showing comedy in a fun way. Right. I mean, Sinbad is always, I mean, Sinbad's going to be up there for me as a big influence on just remembering to have fun right? and just be loose with it. But I think young comics can also, you, you it's kind of like comedy is learning the rules before you break them. So a lot of comics see like Bill Burr saying something totally misogynistic yeah. that like if an open micer says, I mean, you know, it's going to bomb. They're going to offend people. But they, but Bill Burr, you know, that comic who, who's been doing it over half his life and really worked it out on the road for years and years and years to get this skill set to where he can quote right on stage. Why can't I just do that six months into comedy? You know, so there's that delusion that a lot of us comics have and young comics that, oh, I'm different. 
I don't need to learn how to write a joke. I'm just naturally funny. I, I just got it like that. It's <laughs> learn the rules before you break them. So right. I started with one liners. I do bigger, like longer bits now, but it all started with one liners. How do I write a one liner? And it's kind of built from that foundational understanding of joke writing. But it's it's all one one bite at a time, dude. Like, like I said, I'm 12 years in. I'm still learning every single day. I by no means claim to have it all figured out. I've interviewed people 30 years in saying the same thing. They're still learning. They're still evolving. It's just, it's a, it's a lifelong journey. So just, just buckle up and appreciate every step of it and every up and down, every bomb, just to, you know, be grateful that you were able to have that bomb. For, For just to piggyback on what you said, you know, just like in the medical profession and the law profession, they call it practicing medicine, practicing law, uh, we're practicing comedy, you know? Yep. Um, mm-hmm. a- another thing, uh, as a side note, the only reason why I can get any tunes out of a banjo is because of Steve Martin. I just wanted to put Oh, it's not a little flex there. He's like, you got a little banjo skill. Not really, but not- <laughs> in my mind. <laughs> You're going to be on stage with it? In my mind, I was like, man, if Steve Martin could do it, I'm going to try this out. So every time I go to the Guitar Center, I pick up a banjo. And I, <laughs> I do a little something. And it's because of Steve Martin. And that's the honest to God truth. Um, oh, I love that. Yeah. Um, and that you do clean comedy. Why, why clean? I always, I mean, I always just naturally gravitated towards clean. I mean, Sinbad was clean. Right. The other comic I really uh, listened to a lot of was Mark Lowry. Um, who's like, he's more big in like Christian music. He doesn't even, I actually fortunately got to interview him uh, oh, yeah, a few months yeah. ago. Yeah. And um, it was pretty dope. I, it was on zoom. I brought my mom on because she like introduced me to Mark Lowry. It was pretty cool. Nice. But um, he's killer dude. What, I mean, one of the best storytellers period, like he is killer funny. He doesn't even like title himself as a comedian. He's more a musician. He says, but, he is one of the funniest people on the planet and he was always clean. And I think I just, it's just what worked for me. You know, I mean, I, I look, I mean, look at me. I look like a Jehovah's witness who's about to be, you know, going door to door, telling jokes, me being dirty. It just, it's, it's just off putting to people. It doesn't like, there's something about how I look. And that's something I got from, uh, Roy Albanese, he, he was the executive producer of Daily Show for like 10 years. And then uh, I got to do shows with him and he was in Atlanta when he stopped with Daily Show and started doing more stand up again. And he was like, he gave me the note that like, remember how you're coming off to the audience. Like I was like uh, Justin said, I'll kind of walk the line, you know, I'll make some race jokes and some cultural jokes. And it's with like a little sarcastic sm- smile and stuff. But early on. I tried to be a little more like preachy about it. And like, this is how the world is and blah, blah, blah. And he was like, you're talking, he's like, it's Friday at 10. He's like, you're talking to people that got like babysitters. It's like, you look like their nephew and you're coming off. Like, you know, everything, you know, (laughs) be more sarcastic, kind of dumbfounded, like, and just remembering how you look to the audience and like your physicality is like the filter your material goes through. So I guess I say all that to come back to the clean thing. Me, me being dirty, saying dirty things like it just it never it never jived. I never really pursued it. But even if I did, 
I, I would get angry sometimes and then people would get like really uncomfortable. <laughs> you know, you try all these different things, but I mean, yeah. Oh dude, if someone got up during my set, I would yell at them. Oh, yeah. I, I would turn around and rub the wall. I mean, I was doing all sorts of bizarreness early on, dude, but it was all learning the craft. It was all figuring out who like fig- finding your comfort zone on stage. And for me, it's always just been clean. That's just who I've been. I never, ever, ever tell comics what they should or shouldn't do. I just present the information and let them follow their own creative instincts, you know? Uh, but I will say even uh, I've interviewed Mark Norman three times now. And then his last one, uh, we did like a live Q and a, I'll do like weekly Q and A's on the YouTube channel and stuff. Oh, and awesome. his, someone asked about clean comedy and he was like, if I were to tell my younger self, it would be do more clean stuff because there's just more work if you can be clean. Like he said, when he did, when he opened up for Seinfeld, he had to scrape every album he ever did to find clean 20 minutes. Like he had to really labor over finding clean material to open for Seinfeld. And he's like, there's just more work. If you can be clean at the end of the day, you know, I can do a comedy club and do the same set that I do at a church or a college or a company potluck, which I've done or a family reunion or a birthday party. Like there's just more work if you're clean at the end of the day. So I fortunately just naturally developed in that mode. And now I am a clean comedian. So I don't tell comics they should or shouldn't be clean. It's wherever your instincts take you, but be mindful. I mean, if there's a clean way to do the same joke, at least figure out the clean version. So if a company does ask you, Hey, we'll give you $500 to come do 10 minutes, you know, at our banquet that you can be like, Oh, cool. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I got that. No problem. You know, it's always good to at least have in your back pocket, have a clean set because there's just more work. Right. Well, well, first off, you could always uh, take Bob Saget's spot. Ah, yeah, yeah, that's true. That is true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, no, clean comedy because uh, the spot we started was uh, like I said, the funny. He said the funny spot down in Cuyahoga, and the, the club owner was always like five, five minutes clean. clean. <laughs> mm-hmm. Five minutes clean. You know, it's, it was one of those deals where I mean, I have a filthy mouth, but when I would start writing, I I don't write swear words. It's weird to write swear words. So huh. it's easy, it's easy to write clean material. Like I said, I, I I ride the line of filthiness, but there's no swear words in it. You know what I'm uh-huh. saying? So yeah, there's yeah. always a way to get around it, you know, as far as like you said, you don't necessarily have to use, you know, dropping F bombs all the time. I mean, you really don't. Like there's innuendos, you can imply certain things, you know, like Bill Ingvall. He does a bunch of like sex jokes and stuff, but it's all innuendo. You know, he's not like graphically talking about it. So there, there are ways to do clean material without feeling like you're selling out or whatever story you're telling yourself in your head as comics. That Yeah, but I'm an artist and I have to say this or else, you know, it's, 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 it's a, it's a personal preference for me, but I, I can honestly say I've gotten way more work because I've been clean. Um, and like opportunities just because I've been clean. Well, that's good information. See? Yeah, man. Uh, dro- dropping all types of fire on this podcast for the youngins to listen hey, to. Hey, man, that, I, that's, I love it, man. That's why I'm here. I'm a student of the game just like everyone else. That's right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> if you ever, you know, people always 
come up to us and tell us that I'm the good cop, that's the bad cop on the show. Definitely. <laughs> you guys are adorable, man. You guys, you guys are a killer. You guys are a killer team. I mean, I, I love the vibes. Thank you, thank you. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it's you know, life is is short, you know, and 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 I, I've been dealing with a reality, and like you said, you have to play on how you look, mm-hmm. and sometimes my reality is not how I look, <laughs> and I play on that a little bit because in my mind. I look like a badass trucker. Uh-huh. <laughs> you not good badass trucker, guy. This guy. Badass mugger, maybe, but not trucker. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If it's true to you, that's what matters. Yeah, like if you if you believe what you're saying, you know, that goes a long way for an audience. It's the truth. I am a trucker. <laughs> I believe you. Hey, hey, so where's your hot breath water? You still got that? Oh, dude, let's get it. Ah, right here, fam. I told him, I was like, see, you got hot breath water. We need to get our labels and come and come correct because we're <laughs> slacking. But this started when we talk about um when we talk about the incremental, you know, like one step at a time, one bite at a time. Hold on, let me see. Um it's gone through a few, so okay. Let me see. People like listening to the podcast are like, "What is he doing?" That's um, it. He's grabbing all the water bottles he has, like all the different flavors. <laughs> so yeah. it started out like literally just for for people like, and then now like comedy is such a teacher of like just life in general. I think, and just that Definitely. iterative process of developing as a comedian. But like, it started out as these. This was um my wife got me these for my birthday. These were like just generic water bottles, and she got these sticky labels. Okay. And um, and it like it says hot breath, caffeinate your ears. I mean, that was like the first slogan <laughs> that caffeinate your ears. I don't even know what that means, but it sounded cool. <laughs> Wake them up, baby. Yeah, yeah <laughs> it like so it started with this, and the logo was like purple and whatnot. And then like I upgraded to red. Fancy okay. red. And then the slogan became your educated escape. You know, we're getting there. We're getting there. Um, and then I collaborated with um, a local water company called Fontis because I love water. I'm, I'm a nerd for water and I love their water. And um, I just reached out to them about maybe getting some labels done because they do custom labels. So okay. we just collaborated and they made me some labels. Uh, so this says you're this is like an upgraded version of this one. Basically, it's like a professional version. Okay. Um, and then the final one was um, was this was this logo here. I had um, the the there's a, a graphic designer called Comedy Artwork who who I caught early. Like he does stuff for like Judd Apatow now, but I caught him right when he was starting. So he like hooked me up with some artwork and stuff for like a shout out on the podcast. OK, so he. So he made me some logos and stuff. So this is like the newest version that says like the coolest water for the hottest podcast. And um, the slogan of the show now is like learn comedy from the pros. So it's it's always evolving, but it is funny. The hot breath water. Yeah, it's see it like this, but it literally like started with like labels my wife got me. And then just through the years, you just keep going. Yeah. yeah, Send me your I'll I'll send you some. Let's um, be sure to give me your address after this and I'll send you some. 
Okay. Yeah. Well, I definitely appreciate you. Yeah, because like I said, uh, I've watched you for two years. I've tried to follow all your steps, you know, as far as, and even us, we try and do marketing, you know what I mean? Luckily, I, I went to school, you know, I got a degree in communications, which I'm not using. I mean, I guess I'm using it talking to people. <laughs> <laughs> That's about as far as that got me. Like you said, the receipt, it's almost good. Yeah, stuff. exactly. The degree is a receipt. Exactly. <laughs> yes, but in that, I took a couple classes with audio video production. So because of that, I got into like uh, graphic effects and everything. So on my own, I've learned to do things and utilize those skills by making our, you know, our logo and oh and yeah, the, you know, the video stuff that I do on the podcast, with the cartoon and everything like that in the beginning. So, you know, it's, it's, That's what's all, up. yeah, I'll try and use those, those skills to help. And now, like I said, we need the water. We need the labels. I was looking yeah. at them, like, we got to get that definitely. So look for local. I mean, they're like, they do a uh, mountain spring water here in Georgia, the blue Ridge mountains. And I just like reached out to them. You just never know what asking is going to do, you know? Um, oh, but that, now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's true. You asked me to be on the show and now you're getting water. I mean, it's, right? <laughs> I love okay. you. I love hearing you say that you're, you know, a bunch of different skill sets. I think that's another thing with comedians is like, we're kind of like Swiss army knives in a lot of ways of, you know, we're the writer, we're the editor, we're the actor, we're the director, you know, we're the booker in a lot of times, like trying to book ourselves and stuff like right. learning as many different things as possible. You know, I, I know Photoshop. I know how to edit the audio on my podcast. I know how to edit video. You know, it's, it's learning a bunch of different skill sets because now more than ever, you know, the tools are accessible and they're in our hands to create our own success, you know? So yeah. that's another part of the collaborative aspect of comedy, like that we're emphasizing because comedy on itself is hard, but then there's so many other different things I'm like, Oh man, so-and-so is posting five clips a day. Well, I better <laughs> post my Android grainy crowd work in front of four people so I can go viral. You know, it's like, there's just so many different things for comedians to keep on top of. And I think the more independent, the more ownership you're going to have. And like you, you brought up earlier is like me getting a little down on myself and then being like, Oh, well, who can help me here? You know, I've, I've had several moments like that. And I'm grateful that nothing ever came to fruition of like, so-and-so giving me a leg up or things like that, you know, because now it's, it's, it's the longer road, but I feel like it'll take you farther if you just create it yourself, have ownership, have patience and gratitude and just put in a lot of work and it'll pay off. Oh, yeah, definitely. And, and, and it's, it's going good for you. So keep doing it. Thank well, you. I, I, I appreciate you saying that, man. We all we all need to hear that. And I, I'm, I really appreciate you saying that. Honestly, I'm glad yeah. you were able to hear that interview because that was one of those me being a little vulnerable and maybe catch me at a weak moment. I probably had some sugar that day or something. Yeah, how's that going? Yeah, I did. I did 30 days, no sugar. And then I got back on it and then uh, I back off of it. <laughs> yeah. Hey, congrats for doing it. I couldn't have did that. Hey, dude, that sure talk, a joke. Yeah. We were talking about, I was like, no, for what? Why would I do that to myself? <laughs> I mean, I start off my day with a cup of, you know, a cup of coffee and some sugar. I ain't drinking dude, that shit, but <laughs> it ain't it's crazy, dude. The withdrawals are wild. It's 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 crazy, dude. Hey, um, 
you know, I, I know you got things to do. You know, I don't want to, you know, hold you and everything. But thank you so much for uh, definitely coming on the show and, and and kicking that knowledge. No, please don't stop, man, because even your like you said, your old stuff is new to someone else that never saw it before. Up and coming comedians can use all that those writing tips. I can use, you know, that underlining where you think you're gonna you you expecting to last. That helped me out, and wow. um, and I, and I'm thinking like, yeah. I'm gonna have a set of fire. I'm gonna <laughs> I got two yeah, jokes. Yeah. They're all gonna die. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There, there's 20 laughs in here, and then you get like yeah. one and a half, and you're like, oh, maybe not. Right. I, I think I just fell asleep doing this. Oh, well, <laughs> to add to that, like, I'm sorry, but um, like one of the things that we've experienced, like our jokes hit different in different rooms depending on age, race. Like, they hit different spots, like, not necessarily where you think they're coming from. Like, yeah. they'll have something totally different. And I'm standing there like, that was not the joke, but I'll take the last. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, like, and that's the importance of what, you know, recording your sets, watching them, and, you know, reviewing, like, watching the film, like the, like the sports players. They watch the film of the games that they play. They know who's going to do what. Um, and you and you, you can pretty much figure out somewhat where you're going to get your laughs at, but it, sometimes it's that completely unpredictable. Yeah. You never know, dude. And I, I'm telling you, like, I, I've interviewed comics 20, 30 years in, and, like, I've asked them about that. Of I've asked them about jokes. Why does a joke work one place or not the other? Why did a joke all of a sudden stop working? You know, and it it sometimes like some of the feedback I've gotten, sometimes a joke just like stops working like and you just never figure out why. And it's just part of or it work. A joke works like three times and then never again. And it just loses that energy, that ump, that enthusiasm you have about it. But sometimes it can come down to like how you said the joke differently this time whether it's you said it with more enthusiasm or you said it with more sarcasm or you say it with more like anger or you took a pause before you said the punchline. Like there's all these, or you, you threw in an extra word that actually made the joke work or you skipped a word that made the joke not work anymore. Like comedy, it's literally like a puzzle and literally like every word matters in like your sets. So when a joke works one time and not the other, like that's where the whole recording and reviewing your set comes in because that's where you really get the true feedback on, oh, I stumbled through the setup on this one or I, I didn't, I said it super sarcastically and they really liked that. Maybe I should say more things sarcastically. Yeah. You know, it, it, it's a lot of trial and error, throwing against the wall and seeing what sticks. And, but it's it's good you're already observing like, Oh, this works in front of like young hipster people one way. And then it works in front of like old drunk people another way. It's like, I always keep note of like what the show is like on my set list of like, you know, the time and date. And then also like, I now do like more of like a checklist in my head of like, okay, who's in this room? Is it more older or young people? Okay. It's a Tuesday at 10 in an Irish pub where most people don't even know there's going to be comedy. So maybe I'll take the feedback with a grain of salt over here or, oh, this is a Saturday show where they're laughing at everything, you know? Okay. So it's like, it's kind of figuring out 
each different set and the context for the feedback you're getting. But it's you, I mean, dude, like when I started, it's you, I lived on stage and that's the feed, like the number one feedback from all the comics I've interviewed is like the number one advice has been, you've got to get on stage. You have to get on stage. You know, listening to podcasts is great. Taking classes is great, but the class is not going to do comedy for you. Like classes and workshops can help give you techniques and hold and give you accountability to actually do comedy, but you have to get on that stage. You have to perform. You have to review the sets. You have to refine the sets. Like you have to do all that. Nothing you throw money at is going to do the work for you, mm-hmm. you know, but they can help. I will say, but you've got to be willing to put in the work. So I, I, when it comes down to developing material and it working some ways and not the others, you just have to do it a lot over and over again and start to pick up on trends And the more you say a joke, just the more confident you get in it. That's why I think we, we may have been talking before we went live, but of like, I taped a dry bar and I did some of that material from my comedy special in the dry bar, because even after I taped my comedy special, I was headlining shows and it's like, I, you know, that's, that's my best stuff. So I'm going to keep doing it. And it got more refined and tighter and more confident. So I did it on dry bar. It's an even better version of what's in my comedy special that I released. So it's, it's all stage time and just making sure you're recording and reviewing your sets and just putting in that invisible work that nobody wants to do. But if you want it to be your job, you got to treat it like a job. And that's, that's a big part of it. Yeah. Hey, um, I want to say thank you very much for, for joining us on the midnight pocket podcast. And you know, you've, Man, drop some gems and then thank you. Thanks very for much. having me, guys. Oh, anytime. Um, do you have any announcements that you want to make, or how can people reach you and what can they look up to see more of your work? And go ahead and shoot your stuff. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, the podcast is on all podcast platforms and on YouTube. It's called uh, Hot Breath Learn Comedy from the Pros. And on the YouTube channel, our goal this year is to hit 50,000 subscribers. We're at 18,000. It's kind of one of those goals of like you set it and then, all right, let's let's jump out of the plane and figure it out. You know, so I'm doing a lot of live streaming on there every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern time. Me and my buddy Yoshi So are doing like a feedback hour where comics will come in and post their jokes and we'll give them feedback on it every Wednesday at 10 a.m. Eastern. I do the right 10 club live on YouTube where. I um, have a random word and then spend 10 minutes writing a joke. And then I'll like read and give feedback on the jokes people create on the fly. And then at 5 p.m. on Wednesdays, I do a live Q&A. I'm just answering questions and whatnot and just kind of helping whoever I can, you know. So the YouTube channel is the big push. And um, it all leads also to our Facebook group where we have over 5,000 comics around the world. Um, sharing advice, sharing tips, starting conversations, just being that like supportive community that I hope Top Breath would be is really in that Facebook group. So, it, I mean, yeah, I think if, if you guys want to support me directly, I self-produced a comedy special called The Trophy Husband that uh, that Justin picked up and I appreciate yeah. you, fam. Yes, right. Let's go. My wife appreciates that. But um, <laughs> I when we talk about creating our own success, like, I was about to hit like 10 years in comedy and I was like, 
oh man, I, I'd like to have an album or something, uh, you know, to kind of document these first 10 years of comedy. And it turned into a comedy special that right. I self-produced and it's on my website. It's by donation. So if you guys want to get a taste of my comedy and uh, support the journey I'm on here, then uh, on my website, joelbyerscomedy.com is how you can do that. All right. And tell them what one of our goals. Yeah, our goal is to get a thousand subscribers. And what we're going to do, we we're going to shave our eyebrows and everything. Oh, I like <laughs> it. Let's go. You already right. shaved your head, so you're halfway yeah. there. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. We look a lot sillier <laughs> with no hair on our face. So you have to get that a him gonna... sponsor. You guys are in there. <laughs> that was going to be our little treat for anybody getting us there. So, hey, hey I subscribe to you, I follow you. Thank I watch you. your live five, uh, you know, on Wednesdays here and there, and I'm Appreciate always watching. It. So keep up the good work. Yeah. This episode of the Midnight Pocket Podcast brought to you in part by the Acumen Paralegal Services help you help yourself the legal way. The services that they offer, they help with documents that need to be typed, guardianships, probate, divorce, wills and trust, complaints, business organization, financial planning, and legal research and writing. Go ahead and give them a call at 216-727-0049 or 216-456-2000. Michelle White will get you right. That's right. Of course. Yeah, let's let's do it again. I appreciate y'all having me. This was great. Well, we can be on your podcast one day. One day. day. <laughs> one day for sure. Let's get it. All right, brother. Have a good night. Hey, good luck tonight on your set. And, uh, Thank you. Shows. Absolutely. Thanks, guys. All right. Take care, Joe. Peace. Midnight Podcast. Midnight Podcast. Midnight. 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 Midnight Podcast. Midnight Podcast. Midnight Podcast. Midnight Podcast. Midnight Podcast. Midnight Podcast. Midnight, 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 midnight